Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to the Badass Women's Hour podcast with me, Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton. This week we talk about Theresa May's resignation and we meet singer Talia Dean who explains what it's like to go through postnatal depression when you're being watched every week on TV. Underwear, armpit hair, many imitators but no one compares. Badass Women's Hour XL with Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton on Talk Radio. One, two, three, four! Uh, so, first of all, we are talking about, obviously, Theresa May. Did you cry, ladies, when you saw her resignation speech? She did. Did you? Did the emotion get you? Natalie? I didn't cry, um, but I was definitely... I don't know. There was a, an inhale of breath. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was actually at a women's leadership event um, in Suffolk and I was with a group of 30 other women and we weren't watching it in real time we were watching a recording we were watching the recording to have a conversation about women in leadership and what happens when you show vulnerability Uh, so I think that added a lot of context the other women in the room were crying Mm. and then there were other women in the room that almost said I don't believe the tears but for me personally I'm upset for Theresa May based on the fact that we didn't see a potential authenticity in who she was until the moment she was leaving. And had we have seen that or had mentions of a number of the things that she said in her speech throughout her premiership, this might have all been slightly different. Um, What occurred to me was that was also the sound and the speech and the tears of someone that has been bullied Mm -hmm. severely by colleagues, um, by the media, um, and I actually feel that the tears at the last minute, and I, I don't want to focus on the tears because yeah, it's all like oh, women and tears, regardless if that was someone in, in a leadership position crying at the point they were given a resignation, I think we'd be talking about it. But they were, they came at the point where she said this was the only thing she's ever wanted to do. And what was so interesting for me, the thing that really got me was I felt like it was wasted opportunity. Mm. When she talked about how I wish, um, how I wanted to focus on the housing agenda, climate change, social impact, mm. living wage, I said, that's the stuff that she cares about. That's the stuff that she should have been talking about. Mm. And she got deluged with Brexit. And potentially that's a lesson for her and for all women who want to lead, which is sometimes you see the opportunity to lead and you think, I'm just going to take it because it might not come round again maybe be a bit pickier mm. maybe say mm-hmm. do you know what this is a poison chalice yeah nobody's coming out of this while i'm not taking it which is ultimately sort of what the others 
have pretty done. much all done. Yeah. Yeah. So now they're going to step up potentially, um, because it can't be any worse. And mm-hmm. th- I was watching uh, quite a really good montage of all of the thing sequential things that just went wrong for her. There were uh, politics there were aside, quite a few. <laughs> there were just a, quite a few faulty towers moments that you wouldn't wish on your worst enemy. I think it's sad that basically the things we're going to remember from her prime ministerial career are that she failed to negotiate Brexit, Mm. the thing that probably nobody could actually negotiate, and that as a child she ran through fields of wheat. That's basically (laughs) all I've got from it. And the speech, the way she was talking. And the dancing. And the dancing, you know, letters falling off the wall, her comeback speech where she was coughing all the way through it. She's had a tough, tough time. And being bullied severely by colleagues who then, after the bullying, saying, but I think you're amazing. Do you think she could have been amazing, though? If she hadn't have had to deal with Brexit, do you think her... Uh, history of what she's done as a member of parliament. Do you think that if we took Brexit away, she would have been a good prime minister? I suspect not. Um, And I tell you why I suspect not, because her history shows that she is an excellent implementer. She is an excellent details, sort out the plan, get the plan done, move on. There isn't actually a lot in her history which says she is massively compassionate. So even though she talked about wanting to look at the kind of more social issues... That's not certainly not what came across when she was Home Secretary. And there isn't a lot that says she is a brilliant communicator. And I do think that order to in order to be in any way kind of loved in that position, you have to be able to communicate. So the love bit aside, I mean... Or even respect. Yeah, exactly. This is the thing. So to be an amazing leader, you don't necessarily need to be loved, but you need to be able to get the job done and deliver certain things and deliver things where the people can... where the public can always say, do you know what? We might not be cheering for this person, but they have delivered X, Y and Z. And I don't think there's anything that the British public can say she has delivered X, Y and Z, clearly. No, I don't think there is. Therein lies the difference between someone saying that was good leadership and bad leadership. The other thing I thought was interesting was, um, you said this now, I I saw her at the end as somebody who had been really badly bullied. Mm. And I thought, the thing we never talk about when we talk about women in tears is that sometimes women cry because we are really, really angry. Mm -hmm. And I thought, actually, if you were a man giving that speech, how would you feel at the end? Alexis said before about David Cameron humming as he walked away, which was... For me, the absolute personification of somebody trying not to be angry when they're really angry. Mm. And I wondered how much of May's tears were actually just extreme anger at the situation. Possibly a mix. For me, it's when the tears came. Mm. It's the point where she said, this is the only thing I've ever wanted to do. So there is, yes, a probable anger in that because it's like, and I'm not finished. And I haven't been allowed to do it. Yeah. But where I, the place that I was, another woman pointed out. And also, if this is the only thing she's ever wanted to do, she probably doesn't know what else she wants to do. And so as of the 7th of June, the 8th of June, she's moving into a world where she has to figure out who she is and what she wants to do. And there's maybe some uh, sadness in that. I don't want to see tears for that. Like... I'm sure she is gutted that she's just lost her job that she always wanted to do. But actually, you had a you had one job. You were leading a, a country of people, and you weren't a leadership, and you weren't authentically feminine in that leadership. And you know, I for me, those tears did did nothing because those tears were about herself. Authentically feminine leadership. So, 
I find that when sometimes you put leaders in positions of power and everyone goes, oh, oh, the the gender problem is solved because we've got a woman as a prime minister. But when I see women who are leading roles, but they are leading in a very masculine way, which is traditionally how we've seen leadership, that's traditionally what makes you a successful leader, is if you can demonstrate those masculine alpha traits. And that's exactly what she did. There was nothing authentically feminine about her but do you think there is any way a woman being truly authentic to who she is as a woman and when we talk about feminine we don't just mean girly and sweet and lovely and pleasing we mean the whole gamut of being able to be strong and determined and empathetic and thoughtful do you think there is any way that any woman showing those that range of criteria could get elected today bearing in mind mm. the people that we are currently voting for maybe not in this country but new zealand has a phenomenal Prime Minister, um, and also uh, the Canadian... Um, Justin Trudeau. Justin, he has a very feminine leadership style. So, Interestingly, yeah, both of those people that you've referenced aren't as popular as home, at home as they are on the global stage. Yeah, similar so, to Barack Obama, isn't Exactly. It? Yeah. Not popular at home, but on the global stage, heralded as a beacon of leadership. And so I do think it's subjective, really, to the people that have voted you in. Uh, and it's subjective to how history remembers your legacy. Uh, it's subjective to, I guess, your ability to be liked. And so there are other people potentially coming through uh, the leadership chain who, because people think they're a nice guy, and I'm going to say guy, so a yeah. bloke, mm -hmm. they might be voted in. Just because, regardless of their track record, regardless of what emotion they have or have not shown, because people are like, I could probably go for a drink with them, <laughs> they might be elected. And that, for me, is the fickleness of leadership in the political space. Um, and it's unfortunate that we've got to this point that that is what we are left with. Because we haven't had balanced, credible leadership that works for everyone. Is it even possible? Maybe not, but it can't be impossible to get remotely close to that. What do you ladies think of the potential candidates for Tory leadership? Is there anyone that you would like to see taking the lead? Can I say no comment? <laughs> you can. Is that no one or...? Um, it's hard to make a comment without sounding political i think and i tried to be apolitical um i given that whoever wins the nomination and therefore the becomes the leader of the tory party will become the leader of this country i want someone who isn't doing it because it's the thing they've always wanted to do mm, and it's, yeah. it's because it's the thing that they were told they could do when they were at school. But they're all out for their it's own agenda. It's a bit Game of Thronesy, actually, isn't it? When they're all saying, Jon Snow should become the King of the Seven Kingdoms because he doesn't want it. There's a bit of me that feels like that about this. I would like somebody who doesn't want to be Prime Minister yeah. to be Prime Minister because it feels like they might just kind of get on with the job and not be so concerned yeah, with their own image. Yeah, because there's no certain thing about people who are, like, really hungry to have that kind of power. <laughs> are certain, there's certain personality types, aren't there, that really go for that stuff. Yeah. But what about someone who actually cares? Someone that has led <laughs> them. ridiculous, who? that? But there must be who? someone who has had a job beyond <laughs> politics or beyond giving themselves a bigger platform 
that can stand on a stage and lead this country with empathy, with compassion, with understanding, with skill, with expertise. I want someone <laughs> that's done something that lot. they're potentially an expert in before they got into politics. Is that too much to ask? Looking at who is standing and the numbers, so the numbers of men to women, female candidates, mm. we're almost certainly going to end up with a male prime minister. Do we think this is a bit of... Are we going to head into another kind of Thatcher where we have one female Prime Minister and go, hurrah, we've done it now, we don't have to do it again, and we just have men for decades? No, I don't think so, actually. I think the next generation of voters that are coming through, so the 16-year-olds that couldn't vote during the referendum are now of age. Uh, and that, I think... I've probably got the stats wrong, but that's probably a million mm -hmm. young people... Yeah, it's, it's a big, it's going to make a big difference. It's a, it's a decent number either way. Um, we now have people that will ask different questions come voting day on a vote because they've seen what happened when you kind of just go with the flow. But equally, we have a population of people that are buying into a more Americanized version of politics, which is a bit more showman, and I'm going to say showman-like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I hate talking um, about you know, the pinstripe suits and not speaking about anyone in particular, but pinstripe suits. And, Let's not mention their name. Um, yep. Who have bought into that. And so I think we will see possibly, and I'm no political expert, more of a hung parliament type scenario where people really vote for who they think is best, but then it means no one is voting in a two-party system. Uh and therefore... We need electoral reform. That's what we need. <laughs> we have only... We all had all voted for... What is it? Representative vote five years ago when they had that vote. And nobody voted. Mm. Nobody cared about it. We would have had electoral reform and this would never have happened. That is my theory. Badass Women's Hour XL. Badass Women's Radio. Hour XL. She'll get you talking. Radio. She'll get you talking. Welcome back to Badass Women's Hour XL with me, Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton. Now, we are joined in the studio by Talia Dean, former X Factor contestant. Hey. If you saw her on the show, you would have seen bright, bubbly, happy as. And yet, going on behind it, there was a lot of other stuff. Talia, welcome to Badass Women's Hour. Hello, how are you? Good, thank you. Love the new building. Wow. <laughs> very exciting, Fancy, isn't, isn't it? it? It's very flash. Yeah. Yeah. Like us. Like us. <laughs> I had my bag checked and everything when I come in. <laughs> yeah. I actually couldn't get in earlier when I went through my password and work. I was like, oh my God, they know already. They've decided they're done. <laughs> you're, just like, you're, not, you're not coming with us. Your time is gone. Uh, <laughs> Talia, thank you so much for coming in to chat to us because we're talking about something that affects one in ten new mums mm. and affected you when you had your baby. Tell us about being on X Factor because we obviously saw the front facing, mm. but going on behind there was lots of other stuff. Yeah, I had not long had a baby when I auditioned for the X Factor. And a lot of that was because I felt so lost and I thought, oh, I'm... I miss singing and I want to be me again and what can I do? And really, I just wanted to throw myself in it just to be in that environment, not thinking I would get through any rounds whatsoever. Yeah. But just to get out for the day and just be me. And I did it, um, but it probably wasn't the best idea 
because behind all that, I was really suffering with finding who I was and and being a new mum. How old was your son at this point? Oh, he wasn't even a year. I think he was wow. about six months, seven, coming mm. up to seven months. He had been hospital hospitalized a lot of times with meningitis, and but by that point, he had got the all clear, and I was so lost in myself and my head was spinning and I wanted some form of normality and I I, I don't know why I went to the X Factor looking for normality <laughs> but I just thought oh maybe if I audition for something oh, let me get back to who I was and that that whole hustle and bustle of the showbiz industry and that was my only way in because there was a lot of shut doors believe it or not yes. when I when I fell pregnant and um yeah I just went looking for something that that wasn't what I needed how had you changed as a mum? What impact had it had on you? Mm, it's a tough question because I changed in so many ways. So when I had my son, I had such high expectations of myself and there was a lot of, you know, breast is best and, mm. you know, change the nappy straight away when he does it. And I think I put so much pressure on myself. I suddenly felt worthless and like a failure because it was impossible to keep up to all these expectations of being a mum and and you will make mistakes and but I thought no you can't make mistakes. Do you think there's a, there was enough conversation while you were pregnant of what the realities of motherhood were going to be or did you feel like you just had this sort of perfection shown at you all the time oh there was plenty of conversation because everyone wants to tell you how they did it and oh right. well, especially your mom and your nan <laughs> and your friends well I did this and I did that and there's so many different expectations that you take a little bit of everyone's and think I'm going to do it my way and I think everybody thinks they're going to do it their way but then you remember about the bottle feeding and you remember what people say to you and and you just you're so wrapped up in what everybody says you forget actually, I'm just going to do it my way mm. because my way is the best way and it's how I feel. Everyone's experience was different, but I just, I thought there was a certain way and I think that's what people should tell you. There's no right or wrong way. There's no handbook is what people say. You just find yourself. So do you feel like you lost yourself in, in motherhood? Because you, said, you said you wanted to get back to normality get back to who 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 you were and yeah so was there some kind of was it just getting back on on stage and singing and getting back into showbiz no, or was it a deeper sense it of, was deeper mm. yeah absolutely um I wanted to find something that made me made me feel anchored and I just thought okay well maybe that's music then but I felt so I felt like a ship sailing in a storm and the only thing I knew how to ground myself was with music and um, obviously that wasn't the case it was a lot deeper than that and maybe I needed therapy or mm. I needed to talk to someone or just say do you know what I feel mental right now I need mm. someone to ground me but I was so wrapped up in thinking no I've got this I've got this there's no way I can fail at this I'm a mother why why can't I get this maybe if I go back to singing I'll have a bit of an anchor mm. and I can cope but I just wasn't coping at all mentally mm. but still functioning like a, a good mum you know, I, I was never late for bath time. He was fed, he was changed, everything was brilliant. But I was just really struggling with timing. Everything was timing. Seven o'clock, mm -hmm. three o'clock, ten past you three. You get obsessed with the you time and the routine. Yeah, yeah. And if he wasn't fed by three, oh, he's going to die. 
you've got to feed him, he's going to die if you don't feed him by three. No, actually, he's not going to die. He's just going to be a bit hungry and maybe cry. But no, in my mind, no, no, you've got to do it. If you don't bath him, he's going to get an infection. Everything right. was... You can see why, though, if you've got a, if you're a new mum and then your baby's been sick so many times, you yeah. can see why you'd mm. want to try and get some control over yeah. what you probably didn't have control over. Yeah, I definitely wanted to control every egg aspect of that baby's life, and that is impossible <laughs> yeah. to do. And then when people say to you, oh, well, I would normally do it like this, <laughs> and I would normally do it like that, and you doubt yourself. You really do. I doubted myself a lot. Um... It was hard. Do you trust your instincts now, though? Do you feel like you've learned you've learned from that? I should have trusted my instincts. That was the problem. I wasn't listening to my instinct as a mother. I was listening to the outsources and the input and the books and the mm. internet and and forgetting that natural motherly instinct. So you go through all of that and then audition to X Factor. Yeah. <laughs> How did it? even work on a day or on a day-to-day -day basis going through the process and having a baby with you or at home given that you know you were on a schedule of seven mm. and ten and three because I'm mm. sure a schedule goes out the window it did but what you don't see in the x factor is it's a very short filming space what you see on the telly over weeks was probably only filmed in one week yeah. and I was probably only present for it twice you know, it's it's very quick. Um, the thing that took a lot of time was obviously when I went to live shows and I had to live in the house. But I was going home every evening and I wasn't I didn't have to be there till maybe two and I could leave at five. It didn't take up much of my time. Um, but still mentally mm. my mind was at home. Mm. But then I'm also tied in too and thinking, well, if I don't take this opportunity, I'm gonna blow the biggest thing. For, for my son and my family and, and making something of myself. So that was another added pressure. Mm. And then if I, if I stayed at home, I would have thought, well, what if? Mm. Did the people around you see what you were going through? Did your partner, your friends, your family, did they understand the pressure you were putting on yourself? No, I was very good at hiding it. I was very good at hiding everything. I, I didn't know myself, so how, how could anyone else? They saw me as... Oh, she's very up today. She's very motivated. Oh, how does she fit all that in one day? Well, actually, I was really manic. And mania is a form of, you know, illness. And that was how I was functioning, very high-level functioning. Um, the insomnia was unbelievable. I cannot tell you. I would probably go two and a half days without wow. sleeping. Yeah, I just couldn't shut off. And that was the baby, it was X Factor, it was, you know, my relationship. Mm -hmm. Everything was just so busy in my brain. Um, that's when the insomnia started to kick in and that is such a trigger for postnatal depression is the sleep deprivation. Mm. And when did you finally realise that this was not sustainable? I didn't. Mm. Um, and I... I had... Um, yeah, well, I had a miscarriage. I fell pregnant very quickly within around eight months when Blake was around eight months old. I didn't know. And I had a miscarriage um, and I ended up in hospital. And the midwife sat with me and she said, you haven't been coming to your checkups and we haven't seen you. And 
and you look so thin and what's going mm. on? And, and I kind of said, you know, I haven't been, like, hadn't left the house apart from that one audition because at the time it was still just one audition I'd done. I hadn't left the house for four months. And um, that was the point where a nurse said, no, this isn't right. And I was tired. Um, yeah, and I had lost a lot of weight because obviously they were still checking up on me from the first baby. Mm. And I don't think if if I didn't have that intervention, I, I would, I don't know what would happen. Were you still on the X Factor at the time? You had the miscarriage? Or had, that, had you gone through the show? It was, it was at the time of my first audition. I think that was the point where I felt so lost mm. that I just went, oh, I'm going to go and audition for X Factor. I was looking for something, anything, yeah. mm-hmm. a, a, something big that could yeah. distract me from this life that I was just so lost in. And, yeah, I was still going through that at my first audition. That audition that you see on the telly, I put a spell on you. I think I'd been out of hospital a week. Wow. wow. Yeah. Did um, you have time to grieve any of this? No. No, I was so busy distracting everything. And, um, yeah, I don't... What do you think when you look back at that audition now, when you see yourself? I think... Um, I, I see, everybody else sees, oh, what an amazing voice. But I see a very ill woman. Mm. And I think, why was I there? And it, it, no one could have stopped me. No one could have said, no, you can't do that. Because I wouldn't listen. It was what I wanted to do. I was searching for that buzz or something that made me feel like me again. But when I look back, I think, oh, God, I should have just been at home nursing myself, looking after my son but I just felt so lost. And also, you know, I was in my 30s and I've just thought, God, what, is this what I've done then? I've done nothing my whole life and then had a baby. What am I going to give my son? This is my shot at a career and maybe I can make something with my life. Oh, it was so difficult. But, yeah, I got great help, um, not from the show, but out of the show. I managed to talk to um, perinatal did the show know what was going on for you? Or they, did you hide it from them too? Uh, I didn't tell anyone. They, there is a form that you get when you get through and they, mm. and they say, you know, do you have any mental health issues? Blah, 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 tick the box. And I did tick the box and said, I, I have had a few issues. Um, and then they send you to their own doctor, which is in London. Yeah. So I had a screening and that doctor, she said, you know, this is going to be tough do you feel okay and we, we had a good chat and she felt I was okay to proceed with this and I was you know nothing yeah. terrible happened but I did deal with a lot <clears throat> internally mm-hmm. um it's hard for somebody to assess you when you you know you're on the cusp of a life-changing moment mm-hmm. as if you were going to say anything that would you know doesn't matter you'd have all the yeah, psychiatrists the in the point. world analyzing you as if oh, you would at yeah. that moment go actually, actually no I don't think I'm up to it and stand down from that moment well we was due to fly to South Africa so it was a massive thing this was judges houses just this was when they done the medical not before any of that but before judges houses and um I just thought no way in hell am I gonna say I'm yeah not. of course mm-hmm. yeah and, I, and she said, how are you going to feel if you don't get through? And inside I thought, I'm probably going to have a complete meltdown, to be honest. But I went, oh, it'd be fine. You know, yeah. I'm just happy to be here. Yeah. Because that's what they all say. But no, I, yeah. I really It's thought, not a proper assessment, really, is it, that these shows are doing? Well, but is, is it I that don't, or is it at the moment when you can see two really 
options in front of you, you almost, a, a bit like fight or flight, you did what you needed to do in that scenario yeah. to get the thing that you wanted. So you presented as well, even though sort of under the surface. And I think we, we can all attest to that. Times when we've been on the edge, but you've got to deliver something yeah. and you switch on. Um, let's say someone who is, you know, a bit more than Mary and mm. something serious happens and they're no longer drunk mm. within that moment. Yeah. I think it's that. Your brain can get you to switch the next on. phase and then you collapse immediately after. Yeah, it's, I think it's I so think it's right. probably more that than bad assessment per se i'm sure there's more they can do but i think lots of us can trick the system i've definitely tricked the system i th i think with um mental health diagnosis unless you're seriously ill mm -hmm. you know schizophrenia bipolar things mm. that are really chemical and balanced you can't you can't say how somebody's really feeling mm. you know you're not psychic you can't look into someone's brain and go well actually i don't think she's right yeah in the and head. one moment one kind of interview moment exactly. is not is not you're just not able to judge anybody on mm. say one hour of their time in one exactly. one particular moment it's yeah. like you need constant support yeah. but also it is a life-changing situation so even if you are pretty stable in your mental health before mm. you start that that is a roller coaster doing that yeah. so yeah i admire you for being able to cope well, I mean, you know, you coped as best you could with that, didn't you? Yeah, I think it was an autopilot. Yeah, that's the sort of survival. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it really was. I was going to judges' houses and I was going to make the live show and there was no way anyone was telling me any difference, so I had to switch on. By, t by time I'd got to Africa, I was gone. I was crying every minute and, and they knew that I was struggling and they were really good. They'd had a... Um, a counsellor there for me and it, it it did get difficult but until then I was on like woman yeah. power mode <laughs> that's what I mean. I gonna... to that moment you could deal with it and then it breaks and then I broke yeah Talia you are incredibly brave I'm loving chatting to you we're going to keep Talia with us for a little bit longer because she's got some great insights and mm. she's staying with us here on Badass Women's Hour XL The Vampire Strikes Back Badass Women's Hour XL on Talk Radio there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at onepeloton.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You talked really movingly about 
coping with postnatal depression, about coping with miscarriage, about coping with all of this whilst going through the X Factor audition process. Yeah. What has helped you kind of what helped you a what helped you cope but also what's helped you recover do you think you are recovered I think just admitting that I wasn't coping was a massive part of my recovery um it felt like a weight had been lifted off my shoulders and that was the point where people started to help more and um yeah I had to break to rebuild myself what do you do differently now from what you did before I do what I want to do and I just I don't listen to what I should be doing and I'm not worrying my child's going to die every minute if he falls over and I just I just live how I want to live with my son and not not overthink things. Yeah. How did you get there? What was the journey? Because the the point that you were saying in terms of yeah, ultimately breaking, I'm mm. guessing it's taken a lot to get from there sitting here yeah I couldn't do it alone Mm -hmm. and I'm not ashamed to say that I did need help from perinatal Mm -hmm. Um, a woman would come to my house once a week and we would just chat and it was nice she was like my mate by the end of it (laughs) I miss her (laughs) and we'd have a cup of tea and um, she would help me feed Blake because at that time he started to wean Mm -hmm. and I was worried that he'd choke on his food and die (laughs) (laughs) and um, we would laugh about it and she'd say, look, look, he's still alive, give him another (laughs) apple, you know, and it was just so nice to just openly admit that I was depressed. Yeah. Sounds like there was a lot of anxiety sitting around it. Yeah. uh, As well. We've had Stacey Solomon on the show and she mentioned um, she has uh, death anxiety Mm. and she thinks she's going to get cancer and she sees the word, she sees the letter C and she thinks cancer and lots of other things. It Mm. sounds like that was also mixed up in a swell of emotion around control and lots of other things i have the same thing as that it's called white coat syndrome what's it called white coat syndrome you're just so scared of ending up in hospital dying um i have the same thing with cancer as well when someone mentions it i i start feeling myself and Mm. it's anxiety the Mm. whole thing is anxiety and it it was not such a big thing when i was growing up oh she's just anxious it was such a throwaway word Mm. But it's the most powerful feeling. You can really make yourself sick just being anxious. Do you get anxious when you perform? That's the one time I feel safe. Mm. Yeah, that's my go-to. Yeah, Mm. it's strange, isn't it? When I'm in front of thousands of people, I feel really at home. But you know why? Because I can't see them. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's all the lights. I think that's a very classic performing thing because you are still performing. You are in a new band, I am. Uh, King's Daughters, and we're also joined in the studio by Isabel Lassell. Hello, Isabel, part of, part of the group. Yeah, yes, I'm guitarist. Fabulous! Thank you so much for coming in and joining us. Thank you. Uh, tell us about King's Daughters. What should we be expecting? What's the style? Ooh. Well, this is a very new project. Yes, we started this band at the beginning of this year. Um, but we're about to release a single this year. Yeah. We're trying to mix some pop and blues mm. yeah. and with a bit of girl power. Nice. Yes. Talking of girl power, Izzy, I know that you were in or still are in another yes. band yes. Um, called the, the She Street Band, which yes. is a tribute to Bruce Springsteen. To yes. Bruce. Yes. Yeah. yeah, the boss. Yeah. Yes, I am. <laughs> I find myself in quite, quite often working with a lot of women. Um, whether I want to or not, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, women uh, really do support each other. 
And yeah. I, love, I love that band as well. I do still play with them. And we've got a few gigs coming up this summer. Great. With Jodie. Yes, Osborne. with Jodie. Yes, yeah. she's been on the show before too. Oh, nice. Yeah. She's an amazing woman. Yeah. Tali, how do you find, how are you finding being back in a band? Do you like having actually that support around you as opposed to just being you? Yeah, it's very lonely on your own as a soloist. I've always been in a band yeah. um, with this one, actually. Um, <laughs> and I love being around women. We keep the band female because we just feel like there's so such a special energy when you're yeah. all girls. There's a, you know, there's, it, it, I just don't find people are doing it anymore and I feel like we can do it great and women do mm. it great, so why not keep ourselves all female, oh, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. I was watching, um, I know I was watching, I was looking on Instagram at some of the highlights from the Spice Girls mm. concert last night <laughs> and like Emma Bunton and Mel C and Mel B having kind of Instagram banter between all of them. Mm. I was like, gosh, this makes it look so much fun. Mm. <laughs> yeah. It's like being in a band with your best friends. It yeah. really is. And generally we all have the same issues and problems in life and we can all talk about, yeah, sometimes we fight like mad, but it's just like... <laughs> it's easy. It's just easy. It is, yeah. Do you think it's also easier as a mum in a band with other women because we kind of know that it's an issue for women? We know that we don't kind of take mumhood seriously, that you have responsibilities that you cannot get out of, Mm. that sometimes men just don't think about. Yeah, I think we have that compassion Mm. for womenly things or even just compassion, more compassion in general. Yeah, (laughs) definitely. I mean... They, they get it with the baby. You know, I can't always make every rehearsal. We have a rhythm guitarist, George, who's just had lovely little Lily and she's on maternity right yeah. now. But you just wouldn't get that with... Um, maybe you would, I don't know, I'm not being judgmental. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, if I said I'm I'm not getting the train to that rehearsal because my period mm-hmm. pains really hurt me today, <laughs> I don't <laughs> think a group of men would <laughs> get it, you know? It's true, it's yeah. true. But yeah. also we just have that unity and, and we believe that... I think women should be put forward. You know, women are just as good drummers as male drummers, mm-hmm. guitarists, bass players. Why Why isn't the most famous guitarist in the world a, a woman? Why? Why isn't, you know, the first male drummer is yeah. the most famous and why isn't it a woman? You know, these little things, I really am passionate about pushing female musicians through, through that storm. Mm-hmm. What are you looking forward to the most in the coming year? What exciting projects have you got? Mm. This is pretty big this year for us. <laughs> yeah. Anything you can on. share with us? Well, we are working with uh, Brian May at the moment. Wow. Which is oh, what's he like to work with? Dream come true. Oh, he's the sweetest, sweetest man ever. Yes. And how did that how did that come about? How did you get Brian May involved? I've been friends with him for about f- seven years now. He, um, I met him at the airport. And he's <laughs> Well, no, I used to work at the airport, didn't I? Oh, like years okay. ago. Yeah. And um, I, he gave me his email and we'd been chatting ever since. But he's always been very supportive of my music. And um, he's just always been there. And I sent him a song one day and, and he yeah. just loved it. Yeah, he and made he made a joke about you know if I if it wasn't so busy I would I would produce this for you. And yeah, a few days later, <laughs> and a few days later, Free he up just your added schedule. a lot of stuff to it, and we were like, wow. Yeah, he he sent he, he sent me a message just saying um, I haven't stopped singing this song. Wow. I was like, well, well, <laughs> no, you're not on tour. Bohemian Rhapsody is finished. You've got a gap, Brian. And uh, we've had so much fun with him. He is just an unbelievable man. 
Yeah. Ladies, mm-hmm. well, we wish you the best of luck with it all. Thank you so much for coming in. Talia Dean, Isabel Isel at King's Daughters is the new band. We cannot wait to hear it. Thanks Thank for having for us, ladies. One, two, three, four. This has been the Badass Women's Hour podcast with me, Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell, and Emma Sexton. If you want to hear more from us, you can come follow us on social media at Badass Women's Hour HR um, or leave us a review and tell us how much you love us. We really need to feel the love. Five stars should do it. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.